the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so the Pentagon. It must be the same leak that our $6 trillion is missing out of. Where's the money? Not to mention what exactly is happening in the Pentagon, but that will not stop somebody who's never been in a fight in his fracking life. Lindsey Graham, who just calls for war because he likes to watch young men hop around in matching pants and shirts. Listen, I believe in a one China policy, but I would be willing to fight for Taiwan because Taiwan is a democracy we stood with. Would you be willing to fight for a bologna sandwich? You know, me and you in a room, bologna sandwich on a table. Want to fight? See, I don't like the idea that these cowardly rats, these political whores, who for $50 would hit his mother in the face with a shovel, gets to send our brave patriots to go die. These are the same senators that sit idly by as our government, as we speak, is mandating forced vaccines as the rest of the world is investigating Big Pharma for poisoning their people. And 40% of the United States Marine Corps, 4 out of 10 Marines, do not want to get the vaccine and won't. But Lindsey Graham will not fight for their right and their freedom, but he will send 100% of the Marines to go die for Chinese communists. See, I don't like this, Squirrel. This is not my idea of Americanism. For decades, the question for the Congress, should we have a defense agreement with the island of Taiwan? We don't. Should we have one? But yes, I'd be very much open to using U.S. forces okay. to defend Taiwan because it's in our national security interest to do so. Use force to feed yourself a sandwich. I'm going to stand between you and the sandwich. Use force. You see, pansy, you're not willing to do that. But this cowardly roach will send 18-year-old Americans... In the prime of their life, beginning their existence, to go die for communists that he takes money from. See, this is the overarching point. Why did you take all the communist money? Why did you take all the money from all of the chip manufacturers? Why? So you could be a tough guy on TV when you can't feed yourself? I don't like it. And furthermore... I'm well aware of what China is doing. A massive show of military might off the coast of Taiwan. China deploying fighter jets and warships Saturday, sending 71 planes into Taiwan's airspace. Now, even if you went to CPS school, you could figure out that 71 planes is a lot when O'Hare can't get you to a gate if there's three. And at least nine Chinese warships now surrounding the self-governed island of Taiwan, simulating a naval blockade. It's the start of exercise joint sword. Three days of military action that Beijing says is a serious warning. This is their way of trying to intimidate. The exercise is in response to days of high-level talks between the U.S. and Taiwan. You know what happened with all the relationship with the U.S. and Taiwan? 
I, I, would have, I, thought, I thought you were in the foothills of the Himalayas. You were Kung Fu. He was the grasshopper or vice versa. What happened? Moving to uh, the tensions between China and Taiwan, we know the president can pick up the phone anytime and call President Xi. We've been told that this call is coming for months. Why hasn't he just picked up the phone and called President Xi to say, knock it off? The president looks forward. <laughs> Before I let hand Christian Anderson at it, the president is incapable. Am I the only one that saw him with the Easter bunny yet again get lost in his own yard? Am I the only one that realizes the reason he can't answer questions and all the rest? He is incapable. So what they're running cover constantly for this idiot. So I'll say this. It is also unprecedented that a president takes as many shouted questions as this president has. And he as many shouted questions. He doesn't speak before. The press, because he's unfit to serve, he has dementia. He is a figurehead of your mafia that is raping the purse of the American people. Isn't that the the bigger problem? Well, as we talk about the president's budget, what this president is doing to the United States is irreversibly bad. Families all across the country are living in a state of stress. That's because our nation's economy is in distress. Three out of four Americans say that the economy is bad. And under Joe Biden, three out of four. Once again, in case the CPS student who I don't want listening to the show because he votes Democrat can't figure out how to change the channel. That's a lot. Three out of four is a lot. Biden, people are faced with basically the highest cost and expenses of living that they've ever faced before. And when it comes to interest rates, interest rates have risen faster in the last year or so than they have in two generations. And the Biden budget's goal is more of the same. This gets me right back to sweet home Chicago, the formerly great city now led by a communist moron supported by other communist morons. Do you notice how they can never keep up? You notice how constantly and constantly they have to keep subsidizing rents, raising food stamps, raising subsidies to get businesses to move in because their policies are failed. They're failed. They do nothing but fail. The snake continues to eat its tail and they cannot keep up. And we, the American people, are the ones drowning in their quicksand of an economy. And the rest of the world is understanding and they're getting away from us. Stop using the dollar to curb Western dominance. That's the message from a top Iranian official as he welcomed a Russian delegation to Tehran on Sunday. Now, I know you're supposed to hate that. Iran. Well, they just made peace with Saudi who controls the cartel of the most important commodity in the face of the planet. Peace is sweeping the world in spite of the corrupt American foreign policy. And along with Iran and Saudi Arabia and Russia and China is the big piece of the puzzle, India. The path initiated to reduce the influence of the dollar in regional and international transactions, which many countries are joining, will minimize Western dominance over the world economy. Tehran's call comes as Russia and Iran agree to expand economic cooperation and increase payments in their national currencies, the ruble and real. Get used to those words because of this foreign failed corrupt mafia policy that kills hundreds of thousands, if not millions of innocent people. The rest of the world is going to de-dollarize and the cost of your life will go up. Now, the question is. Will the Marxists, will the communists, will the socialists, will the Fourth Reich called Democrats, will they continue to gain steam because society is too stupid to figure it out? It's all a failed policy and they have to continue to jack up spending.
Yeah, sure. These these are results of meetings that we've been having. Speaker McCarthy has been engaged from the beginning with our membership, but also letting the president know that uh, as the president maxed out the nation's credit card, which is why we've hit the debt ceiling, it's because of two years of President Biden spending out of control trillions and trillions of dollars. Uh, and just so you know, he wants another four billion to Central America for what? To keep the migrants there. This is how the mind of a failure works. This is why when they talk about the debt, they never talk about paying it off. It's never mentioned. They live like bust outs. Not just the one who won the mayor's race in Chicago. Bust out failure crumb that he is. This is how their mind works. Just to continue to pay the interest only payments because they're bust outs. And they understand if you have an argument We'll just get Lindsey Graham up there, who's a Republican, and he'll commit to fighting, even though he's never been in one in his miserable, cowardly existence. Right, Lindsey? Listen, I believe in a one-China policy, but I would be willing to fight for Taiwan. You go first. You go first. I'll tell you what. Why don't we just challenge him to a fist fight? Because I want to hear you cry afterwards, coward. In the meantime, I don't like the scam. And it's time it ends. Because if it doesn't, what the American people are losing, they will turn to these idiots. They will turn to the Brandon Johnson. They will turn to the Barack Obama. After all, you have an idiot with dementia who's 150 fracking years old and has been a whore for 100 years of it. And you still pretend he's president? Okay. Well, we'll we'll get we'll we'll certainly we'll certainly get the data and share that with all of you. I hear John. I hear your question. I heard Zeke's question. I hear you. I hear you on the press conference on a formal press press conference. We get this probably every couple of months when you guys ask us about a formal press conference. I don't have anything to share with all of you at this time because he can't do a press conference. He can't make the phone call. To Xi Jinping, Mao Zedong number two. He can't call Russia. He will not implement the diplomacy because he cannot speak. He is unfit. He is a usurper. And all he knows how to do is throw more money at the problem because that's the one language all of these idiots who vote Democrats speak. Something for nothing. Taxing, spending, borrowing. Last week was confirmed that under Joe Biden's presidency, prices for the American families that they're paying for things is up 15% compared to the day that he took office. It doesn't matter, Barrasso. It doesn't matter because the people who vote for Joe Biden are on welfare. They don't pay. The other ones have the ghost jobs and the expense accounts. They drive around for free. This is how mafias destroy nations. That's what we're going through right now. This is the destruction of Americanism. And when an American president can sit up from the White House and say he's going to give $4 billion of your dollars to a foreign country for the sake of their citizens, it lets you know their citizens mean more than ours. And that's more prima facie evidence that Joe Biden is a traitor to this country. He is a traitor to the principles of Americanism. He is unfit, unqualified, and it is time to impeach this weekend at Bernie's now. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You say you want a revolution. 
If you factor in unfunded liabilities, we owe over $200 trillion. And to who? To ourselves. Why in the world would any country want this currency? And then who's in charge and what are their policies? The U.S. is considering sending money to Central Americans in an attempt to stem the flow of migration. A senior White House official told Reuters the program would aim to address the economic woes pushing people to move. There's been a steady increase in Iraq. Now, what is what what happens when Democrats are in charge of just once great cities like Chicago? Poverty skyrockets. Homelessness skyrockets. The demand for welfare skyrockets. And now this idiot, this buffoon in diapers is going to send four billion dollars to immigrants who are coming here, crashing our border, driving up the cost of our welfare. This is what it looks like to follow Democrat policies. Rivals at the U.S.-Mexico border in recent months. Some 168,000 people were picked up by U.S. Border Patrol agents in March, the highest monthly tally in 20 years. Roberta Jacobson, the White... So what does that do to our welfare costs? What does that do to housing? What does that do to rent prices? Massively parabolic upstroke. Massive. What's your government's answer? They're going to give money to the countries that are so corrupt, so hopeless. These, These people are forced to flee from. Let's pay off the corrupt socialists, because that's the real name of the game. Covering the ass of their failed compadres, the traitors to the principles of Americanism, the foreign ones this time. House's southern border coordinator said the potential program will be targeted at people in Guatemala, Honduras and El Salvador. She told Reuters, quote, we're looking at all of the productive options to address both the economic reasons people may be migrating as well. as." Now, what is it for the Americans here? What is the plan? What is the big plan? What is the push? Today, 2023, reparations needed? Yes, that's a step in the right direction, but it's still like we still have a long way to go. We're the people that die. Reparations, welfare, free housing. What else do you guys want? What do you want, bust outs? It's all you're good for. Complaining and begging. Robert Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, how you doing today? Good, I'm getting a little aggro. I'm always aggravated when I'm in the belly of the beast in the sewer. When I walk through the $8 billion golden goose of corruption O'Hare. Yeah. How was your Easter? Good? Fantastic, yeah. Same here. You know, we've got all those treaties going right now with all these countries like Taiwan. But my opinion is I would be a little hesitant to do anything if they <clears throat> go into Chinese going to Taiwan. Well, you value American lives. You're, you're, you're not like Lindsey Graham or any of these other morons. You value the sanctity of, of humanity in general. So you call for peace. So you're never going to get elected to office in a Democrat sewer area. And it's going to be very difficult in Republican ones where they elect cowards like Lindsey Graham. Thank you very much, Robert. Stephen in Arlington Heights. Hey, Sean, you got to get. We lost Stephen. The NSA is jamming your phone. It could the be only three words. Go ahead. You, you, you cut out there, kid. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Is this better? Better. Okay. They're getting taught the only three words that they're ever going to need to know. How you doing? <laughs> how you doing? You got to say it like that, like you're in Chicago. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? I need one of those cars. I need a gas card. I need a payment. I'll kick back. What do you want, 30% of the contract? How you doing? I'll do it. Cream Puff Jim. He knows how to cut a good corrupt. <laughs> Is it still 30% Cream Puff? You know, it's actually because of the uh, circumstances. It's down about twenty five percent now. So. Oh, you got to take a haircut uh, on the bribery. You, right, you got to take a haircut. You got to take a haircut on it because everybody's in there. Yeah. Uh, what I'm going to say is, you know, you know what's weird? Is, do you remember Whitman in Texas when he got up on top of the tower and he had a brain tumor? And he shot about 
30 people. The students, yeah. He Was, was he transgender like the rest of these shooters? Was he a transgender? Did he have his mother's panties on? You sure he didn't have panties on? He, he killed his man. He killed his. He killed his man. He killed everybody in the house. Then he went up in the tower and he shot a bird. But the weird thing about it was, there wasn't another mass shooting for twenty five years. Yeah. Now there's one every day. Every yeah. day a nut goes off. Every day. I know. Day I think we got to keep the guns out of the hands of the Democrat transvestites. I think I've I've tracked it down to a common denominator, and they seem to be people with the wrong underwear on. I think it's very upsetting to them. Yeah. From what is, I understand, this crackpot got fired from his job. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, the banking industry is good. You know, that's the new post office now, the banks. It's very stressful. I know it. Yeah. I had a friend who was a post, real quick. He was a postman, yeah. and we were having a couple of drinks, and I was just kidding him. I said, you know, you got to watch the post. He says, Jim, I got every, I got them all covered. I got all. <laughs> it was serious. Well, Jim, he had a gun stashed in once the place. We go, once we go socialist, yeah. it'll be nice. Then everyone will be like a municipal worker in Chicago, and you just wait for their arteries to clog. Thank you very much, Jim. Keep it up. <laughs> It's preposterous. I, 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 when it comes to preposterous, let's follow the Democrats' logic. But I do not believe that the courts have the authority to, to have the authority over the FDA that they just asserted. And I do believe that it creates a crisis. So let me get this straight, dingbat. Let me get this straight. The courts do not have the authority to stop the government from creating a pill that is leading to massive side effects among women to take it aside from the ones that they killed the baby. But they don't have the authority to do that. But the courts have the authority to take away my Second Amendment. Do I have that about right, dummy? I'll tell you what. Once you start asking questions, it's not as easy as making a Manhattan, putting a cherry on top, unbuttoning your top button, and getting a tip, is it, toots? Not many people thought it was going to come at the freshman congresswoman, at least one in particular, who, uh, who has uh, burst onto the scene after she beat Joe Crowley in New York. That's right. Uh, the story uh, this morning alleges that uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's chief of staff ran a $1 million slush fund by diverting campaign cash to his own companies. Uh, th- we're learning this from a complaint uh, from the National Legal... Huh. Em- you know what the solution was for this, Squirrel? She starts dating him. That's exactly what happened. He took a million dollars from her campaign. He diverted it to his LLCs. And now this dingbat is the face of American socialism. You people are so fracking stupid, you get what you deserve. Let's hear about more of the money bundling. Policy Center. There he is in the backdrop there, by there the way. There he is. Right. Laughing a, at the rest of the people. Tucker Barney. Big fortune, uh, Silicon Valley, and worked for Bernie Sanders' 2016 campaign. Oh, it is a another le- millionaire socialist, Bernie Sanders, and his unpleasant-looking wife who likes to fraud banks. ...that his companies appear to have been set up for the sole purpose of obscuring how the political donations were used and uh, we've got to sound lie cheat and steal but first you must implement the failed policy that does nothing but require more money to it and then we'll use the victims of it as useful idiots what about the children you want to save the kids get them away from democrats 312-642-5600 he will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. My what a shame, brother. See what I, what I miss, squirrel, for these young kids who have nothing to do and know nothing is the pride of the, the once great city. Thriving businesses. Stockyards, South Water Market, Mercantile Exchange, Board of Trade. Back then there were two of them. Business people, businesses thriving. That's all gone. 
That's why I'm not even going to play the clips of this idiot, this Marxist moron, mayor. Mayor, my ass. Be the mayor. You're, you, you, when you're an elected Democrat, there are no standards. Here, take a look at your big one. Are you saying that, uh, that you would be uh, taking part in uh, our upcoming election in 2024? Well, I'll either be rolling egg or you know, being the, the, good, you know, the guy who's pushing them out. Come on. Wait, wait, wait. Are now you he's, saying? He's going to roll the egg or the guy that's pushing them out. Now, what they're talking about, it's an Easter thing. There must have been some sort of egg rolling contest where him and his wife figured out how to put the straw somewhere. Kamala Harris was yelling from the window, I know where to put it. No, no, no. In the meantime, uh, I don't know what this means. Are you saying that, uh, that you would be uh, taking part in uh, our upcoming election in 2024? Well, I'll either be rolling an egg or you know, being the, the, good, you know, the guy who's pushing them out. Come on. How- what? How proud are you? I'll tell you what, your representation is really something to be proud of. Pick one. Pick one. Here's another one. I want to thank the activists uh, who have stayed uh, in this fight uh, for gun safety. Now, you know who this is, right, Squirrel? This is Eric Swalwell. You remember him from last year. Taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. There he is. The farter. Gassy Swalwell. Here he is. He's not gassy. He's not gassy, but he's sassy. I didn't know you could say F as a congressman from the Capitol, but I guess if you're anybody that elects Joe Walsh or Adam Kinzinger, you could do what you really have no rules. Reasonable gun safety, uh, and, and thank you for showing up today. Uh, I'm also sorry that you were targeted uh, earlier. Uh, you know, the same people that want to have you arrested and put in jail want to go to the D.C. jail this week to take the January 6th terrorists out, uh, if you can believe that or not. Probably shouldn't be surprised that this hearing has uh, deviated to include Hunter Biden's laptop. And for such a serious issue like this, I would encourage my colleagues to go through Hunter Biden's laptop on their own time. Uh, whatever they want to see uh, in there, they should do that on their own time and, and not when we have such an important topic like gun safety. I also have to just say that was the son of a police officer and a brother to two police officers. I'm a little surprised, especially growing up in a Republican family, uh, that my colleagues have abandoned uh, the position I've, I've long known them to hold, which is to uh, defend and protect the police. Uh, and instead, they have brought here a witness who said the cops and they have among their ranks a colleague who yeah he says he says this but this is eric swalwell piece of dung traitor dated a chinese whore chinese spy whore well married in between farts and in the meantime he's still one of the rising stars of the mafia really you people are despicable rick in glenview Hey, man, how you doing, man? I love your show. Thank you, brother. I'm enjoying down, uh, I've got one more day down here in beautiful Vero Beach, Florida. Oh, Vero's and nice. i got to the, go back to the cesspool tomorrow, Chicago. So, Let me um, help you with this. Let I, me help you with this. Why do you have to go back? Well, I have a job and I have a family. I have an eight-year-old girl that I'm really concerned about. Vero Beach, listen now, I'm a Disney guy. Vero Beach, the biggest investment by Disney at the time, about 30 years ago, have a thriving thriving business community. You're about 45 minutes from Disney. If you got a job driving the tram around, you'd be happier than whatever the hell you're doing here. And I don't know (laughs) if you make half a million dollars or not. You'd be happier, your quality of life, and your kid could go to Disney in 40 minutes and you get the resident discount. Well, I don't want to take her to Disney, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Palm City. You know, that's where I used to live down there in the late 90s. And 
I'm fifty-five years old, Sean. I'm you know so. What are you talking about? So my eyes look phenomenal. Do chin-ups and push-ups. All right, here's the thing. I look, I look great. Too, here's the thing, Rick. Believe it or not. What would you have done? How much better would your life have been if your old man, while on vacation when you were eight years old, took a look at your mother and said, "Listen, beautiful, we're staying down here. We're going to raise our guy Rick. He's going to be a Floridian. Yeah. We're going to give him." How much better off yeah. would you be? You well, way better off. You and owe the that. The fact of the matter is, he lived down here for he lived down here for thirty years. You owe that. He lived in Palm Coast. He lived in I mean, he lived in uh, Marathon Key. He lived. I should have stayed here. Rick, just, you owe you know, that to your daughter. You owe it to her. I do. That's right. Do. See? There's no doubt. See, that's how you that's how you it's, convince somebody to move. All right, go ahead. What else you got? It's ter- It's terrible. I I I I can't believe that. In 86, I was 18 years old, and it was the greatest time on the planet. Yeah, me and, too. And, you know, uh, the first person I ever voted for was Bush, unfortunately. But, I mean, yeah. uh, I couldn't vote for Reagan or would have. But, I mean, it, it just it sickens me. I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly, thoroughly distraught. See, but and, you're uh, not when you're there because you're surrounded no. by Representative Republic. Every... Practically every county has a Republican. You got a Republican congressman. The people yeah, are business it, people. They thrive. They're openly outraged about the betrayal by a traitor in office. Everybody in Florida, too, at least where too. I live. I, I hate the man. I can't stand the no, man. The man live, drives me crazy. Where I live in Southwest Florida, the business owners, they don't want Democrats in. Is it the same in Vero Beach? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're great. I mean, we've, we've had a great time here for, for eight days. Florida needs you. Illinois hates you. What's to know? Come on, Rick. Exactly, and now, see, you seem like exactly. a wonderful guy. We're the same age. We and graduated high this, school. They hire this. Yeah. Yeah, and they hire this moron. I grew up in Iowa. I did, did, oh. They hire this. They, 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 they replace Lightfoot with this moron? Are you kidding it's me? It's going to be spectacular. You're going to love it like a firework. Oh, Rick, stay oh, safe. Make the right decision. And uh, you were in Iowa, so I never stole your girlfriend. But I used to drive up to Glenview, me and the Monroe Sparkers, whenever we needed clothes or women. It's phenomenal. Easy pickings. Terry McHenry. Hi, Sean. Love your show, man. Thanks for taking my call. You too, brother. What's up? I was wondering if anybody heard any more scuttlebutt like I have that Pritzker's building a shooting range just over the border in Wisconsin. No, that Terry, what that is, is that's his, his military foundation tax shelter. <laughs> His military, the Pritzker, the Pritzker tax shelter is building it. He has very little to do with the family business. He just sits back and gets checks for nothing the way his mom did. Thank you very much, Terry. All rumors. Pritzker doesn't like anything except dessert. Daddy likes. Can make a cream puff disappear like a magic trick. Like Kamala, too fat. Him and Kamala Harris can really make things disappear orally. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I'm saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting, sexist pig, and an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM five sixty. The answer. A lot of Democrats calling to ignore the judge's rulings. I like this. Personally, I like it. As somebody who recognizes this mafia for what they're actually doing, the intended failure, the intended bankruptcy, and then misusing, misappropriating the principle of American law as a spear versus a shield, right? So when Bacara, Xavier Bacara, says ignore the law, AOC says ignore the law, all the Democrat oligarchs say ignore the law, all right, 
Let's start ignoring some laws. Are you taking it off the table that uh, you will recommend the FDA ignore a ban? Everything is on the table. The president said that way back when the Dobbs decision came out. Every option is on the table. AOC. But I do not believe that the courts have the authority to to have the authority over the FDA that they just asserted. And I you know what? I like that because you know who else doesn't have authority? You dingbat. You dummy. You don't have authority over anybody. So all your bureaucracies that are now red flagging words. Welcome back. It is time for the Hot Topic Buzz. New documents reveal a list of commonly used words online that the FBI has labeled extremism. This after a FOIA request. It's a Freedom of Information request from the Heritage Foundation. The phrase red pill made famous by the Matrix is a belief that society is corrupt and people are victims of that corruption. The word based, just based, according to the FBI, refers to someone, quote, who has been converted to racist ideology. And then there's this one, LARPing. It originally refers to groups doing live auction, uh, live action role playing. Now it's a way to, quote, deride individuals accused of not being as extreme. Hey, here's a tip, FBI, forever bothering Italians. How about this for a tip? How about the word bribery? How about the word campaign contribution? How about the word ghost jobs or the phrase ghost jobs? You see, that's what Mike Madigan and his short in the pants mafia has been doing for 50 years. Well, you sat a quarter mile away and couldn't pick up on the corruption, you morons, because you're not really the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Or we wouldn't have Swalwell dating Chinese horse spies. We wouldn't have China giving a crackhead son of a vice president millions and billions of dollars. Wouldn't have anything. If you could pull your head out of your ass long enough to investigate, say, the Democrat Party and 90% of the Republicans, why don't you start investigating campaign money and then the oligarchs that give them the money all the way to Soros? I know you can't figure his name out, though, huh, stupid? Where's the laptop sitting on a shelf for three years, you morons? Craig in Mount Greenwood. (laughs) Hey Sean, thanks for taking my call. Anytime, buddy. You're right on the you're right on the button as usual in this. But hey, listen, I got a question for you. Yeah. You know they're using all these uh, three letter agencies, the FBI, CIA, yeah. uh, so on, so on, the DOJ, to come after uh, anybody that supports Trump or voted for Trump, even uh, moms and dads going to school. Back now, and to the I left. Hear- Back and to the left. Go ahead. Now the latest is. They got the federal air marshals. The Ooh. federal air marshals, instead of looking for criminals on the plane, they are following around and surveilling the January 6th people and in in, uh, in basically being used that way. How on earth, or who's, who can get away with directing all well, these Craig, three-letter agencies? I got, a, I got a way you could spot out the U.S. air marshal. Hey, when's the last time you were on a plane? Because I was on one Saturday. And they're probably easy to spot. They'll be the ones with their pants on. Because if you've taken a look at some of the people that fly, I saw more ass crack on the plane than I saw at the crazy horse. These are farm animals. You could always tell when you're flying back to Chicago. Planes packed with Democrats. It smells like a urinal. And they all voted for Democrats. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, 
with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America. He's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me. Reading my next guest's columns in the 80s, I am very excited to talk to my next guest. He's been a veteran journalist, historian, keynote speaker, including seven presidential libraries. He's a columnist, not just for USA Today and the Dow Jones, but I remember Market Watch. He's one of the most followed journalists at the White House Press Corps. He's the author of five books, White House and the Presidency, U.S. Military, former First Lady Jacqueline Kennedy, his podcast, Jackie has also won numerous awards. He is Paul Brandis. Paul, thank you so much for making time and joining me. And for your new book, Countdown to Dallas, The Incredible Coincidences, Routine, and Blind Luck, that brought John F. K. and Lee Harvey Oswald together. Sean, my pleasure. How are you? Well, I'm, I really have been a big fan of yours. And when I saw this book coming out, this has been a hobby of mine for years. The date is important to me, number one. But number two, if you know anything about politics, and you can go back to a time when regardless of party affiliation, people wanted a strong America. You pick and choose policies of your favorite president, and they may not be of the same party you normally support. And that's always been the case with very specific policies of JFK, Uh, mainly the ones that Ronald Reagan took, his tax policies and his position on money. Uh, It's very interesting to realize what a nuisance that was to the government, and I have been very curious about his assassination. So tell me a little bit about what you found in the book because I never bought for a minute that from an old Italian rifle that's known not to shoot straight, Lee Harvey Oswald picked him off. Never believed it in my life. And I've been told that I'm crazy. And what your credentials, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are. Well, you know, uh, we people are still talking, believe it or not, about the, uh, the Lincoln assassination, if you can believe it. I mean, 100 years after he was killed, in 1965, there was uh, talk, again, 100 years later that Lincoln's body wasn't really in his uh, uh, tomb down in Springfield. He needed to be, uh, you know, dug up and take a look at that. So, you know, we never seem to get to the bottom of these things, you know, and with Kennedy, of course, it's even more controversial. So you can bet your bottom dollar, Sean, that 100 years from now, 50 years from now, whatever, people are still going to be debating this. We are never going to get to the bottom of it. I mean, we just love our conspiracies. I mean, there's a you know part in the book where I talk about this. It's not just uh, JFK, although that's the big one, but there are conspiracy theories about everything. I mean, yeah. the moon landing and 9-11. And, you know, we argue about this stuff. That's just the American way. We don't uh, we never believe the official word. But with Kennedy, it's worse just because there were so many odd things that happened not uh, not just that day, but in the build up to that day and in the weeks and months and years uh, afterward that uh, to a lot of people simply don't make sense. So for people to call you crazy for not uh, not not at, not at all, there's a lot of stuff that uh, simply does not make sense. So you and I could be talking 100 years from now. We're not going to be around, but. Uh, people who speak for yourself, Paul. This- Nothing's going to kill me. <laughs> but uh, you know, you know, there's too many fishy things. But the reason that it's that it's interesting, and the reason it has this taboo, is because it doesn't make sense. The story doesn't make sense. But more importantly, what it leads to, 
the prima facie evidence. What it leads to is the only conclusion anybody of reason, if you could detach yourself for a moment, comes to is that the government killed the president because it was protecting its schemes. That's my conclusion. Well, uh, a lot of people think that, and it's entirely possible. Again, there's just a lot of stuff that uh, defies comprehension, doesn't quite make sense. What's interesting, though, a little bit of a little bit of a pushback on that. Yeah, uh, I've always I've always I've always found it interesting that uh, people, you know, today think that the government, whether it's, uh, you know, the Biden government or Trump running the show or Obama, or it doesn't matter who the, you know, the president is or who's got the government is always incompetent, can't do anything right. And yet with this six decade old mystery, yeah. boy, they've really been clever at covering it up. That to me is a little bit, uh, they're either competent or they're not. Yeah, so but Paul, is- what I say, the government, I, I, I have a detachment from most people. I realize that there is no such thing. They're just people. And if you go back to 1961, there was a specific kind of uh, a tiered system where people could make things happen in the 60s. There was a way to accomplish things. There was also this phony virtue from World War II where you had these guys who thought that they were doing this in the name of patriotism. And you had that twisted underbelly of fabian fascism that was bipartisan and then you have all of the things you must have stumbled on uh for instance his very opinionated position on the federal reserve his very caution of the of the cia and secrecy and government and for all his flaws and there were many i'm not a jfk sycophant on any level i think he was uh suffered from very weak character but had very strong policies in some aspects and i'm also very focused on how he wanted government in a box. He believed that those, like I do, that the restraints in this country are to be one place and one place only on government. Yet here we are 60 years later, and it's unfettered and unchecked. And I'm wondering if that really was set to course because the government, these men in government, were able to perpetrate what I think is a true conspiracy. Well, it's an interesting point that, uh, you know, he was killed just 18 years after World War II is really uh, what they call Pax Americana, the peak of American power. And uh, his death really ushered in, you know, all the bad stuff of the 1960s. There are more assassinations in Vietnam and Watergate. All that stuff happened within the next decade. It was just unbelievable. And to your point, you know, all this time later, uh, all of that, I think, has helped uh, erode our trust in government, our belief that you know, uh, they knew what they were doing and all of that. All of that changed in the 1960s. And all of that, in my view, really began in Dallas. You know, there were elements in the government who clearly did not like what he was doing. They thought he was, you know, weak on Cuba. Uh, he pulled back from the Bay of Pigs and so forth. I uh, gave uh, Khrushchev an uh, out uh, in the Cuban Missile Crisis. I'm not quite sure I agree with that one. But the Bay of Pigs, I think, uh, absolutely and there were hardliners who were disappointed that uh, he didn't try and uh, topple the Castro government. Of course, we know now that there were all these you know, weird plots that the CIA was running, you know, the poison cigars and all of this mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, nothing. They didn't do anything about it, though. And the feeling is in, in conjunction with that and also Vietnam, where, uh, you know, the, the, the general feeling is, of course, Kennedy wanted to get out. And there was talk 
that by the end of 1963, he was there were about 16,000 American advisors in Vietnam. The day he was killed, there was talk that uh, he was going to pull a thousand out by the end of the year, maybe hold off until he got reelected in, in 64, and then maybe you're going to start taking the rest out at a greater scale. I mean, we'll never know, but that's what a lot of people think, including a lot of the hardliners who some people believe uh, conspired to take him out. Now, let's talk about that, because I'm curious to know, does your book touch upon who benefits from JFK's assassination? LBJ, notable mobster scoundrel. I mean, he was a true thug. And then you go back to that supposed meeting in a Texas ranch. Do you touch upon that in your book prior to his assassination? Yeah, there's a what I do when I, the title is countdown because it counts down, you know, significant dates in the run up to that. And actually starts with the birth of Lee Harvey Oswald, by the way. I go wow. all the way back. Paul, I can't wait to read it. Life. So it comes out tomorrow. Comes out tomorrow. But uh, you're talking about there was a meeting at a hotel in El Paso. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kennedy was at this uh, meeting. Well, uh, well, I, meetings. You're talking about the one. Talking where, about the one at the uh, ranch with Nixon, Bush, LBJ, and I can't think uh, of that damn oil man's name that hosted it. You know what I'm talking about? Well, probably, well I think you're talking about H.L. Hunt, I think. Yes. And the, uh, you know, the talk was that, uh, you know, uh, that, uh, that, that, you know, again, Kennedy was a threat to what they saw as he was bad for business, basically. Exactly. That was the bottom line. He was bad for business. Uh, you know, he also talked about wanting to break up the CIA, uh, all this kind of uh, stuff. He just did not like the status quo. And uh, to your point earlier, this was the status quo that won World War Two. Right. Uh, it uh, you know all this stuff, and then he comes along and says, "No, I don't like it." He threatened to break the CIA into a thousand pieces. Was the I'm paraphrasing, but that's yeah. what he wanted to do. And of course, he had Bobby Kennedy, the Attorney General, by his side. And uh, you know, so you it's not too difficult to put some of these. Uh, pieces together so it's a really good point right and here's what i like too you got to remember i'm from i'm from the belly of the beast american communist central saul alinsky's the formerly great city of chicago (laughs) the only reason you even know his name is because he was able to motivate the organized uh, mafia to get queen of heaven cemetery to make him the president in the first place and it's an interesting point that so many of my fellow chicagoans believe the organized syndicate at that time called the outfit was involved and in conjunction with the CIA. And there's an amazing correlation because a lot of these guys are World War II veterans and shared that yep. same love for the secrecy and had worked together since the very beginning of World War II. So it is possible, is it not? Uh, anything is possible when you're talking about the Kennedy assassination. And speaking of, uh, you know, you're a Chicago guy, uh, you know, I'm sure about uh, the rumored assassination plot against Kennedy three weeks prior to Dallas. He was supposed to go to the Army-Navy game, which that day was going to be played at uh, Soldier Field. Uh Of course, that was the same day that uh, President Diem in South Vietnam was assassinated. So he called off the trip at the last minute uh, using that as an excuse. But uh, a lot of people don't know that there's a very serious plot against him in Chicago that day, uh, the full details of which have really yet to come out, but involve details that were actually uh, eerily similar, I think, to what would happen just 
uh, three weeks uh, later. Very interesting. He was going to go down, I think, uh, with the Ryan Expressway and yeah. turn left at some point and go by like a, a warehouse. It sounded like the book depository, go by a warehouse and then, you know, turn right or whatever into a soldier field. But uh, people knew that because back in those days, and this is something that uh, changed after Dallas, in those days, uh, motorcade routes for presidents were published in the paper. It was a more innocent era. Of course, we (laughs) we don't publish uh, motorcade routes now in the paper. And I'm 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 damn glad we don't. But, Paul, uh, think about uh, how, how, how hysterical that is. Here you have World War II. You've got the most knowledgeable, armed part of society in American history. These are veterans who know exactly how to use it. You've got, you're after Korea, right? Uh, or you're in the midst of Korea. You've got all those veterans here. You've got more guns per person than you do now. And it was a safer time. Shows you the fall of character. But I'm interested also in your perspective of this. After Nixon's tapes were released, I have come to the conclusion the correlation between Nixon, Rockefeller, and LBJ. And I believe, my own conclusion, this is just me and you talking, I think Watergate was nothing to do with the election. Nixon knew he had it won. He wanted to know if the Democrat Party knew that he was at the meeting in Texas. What do you think about that, Paul? Uh, that's a really <laughs> interesting theory. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'd love to dig into that. That's not uh, connected to the book, but that, you know what? That is a really interesting. See, theory. we go down right. the rabbit hole because it all stems from this. To me, he, he did have it one. You know, another reason why. Uh, um, I don't know how much time we have left here, but no, another as much reason as I want. Keep going. An, another reason why. Uh, you know, he he was paranoid about what the Democrats were up to. And this dates back to the 1960 election against Kennedy. And here's why. Uh, he was convinced that uh, the Kennedys and uh, Mayor Daley uh, in the year lovely town helped <laughs> steal the election by getting people in, you know, dead people in Cook County to vote and all Queen that. And, you know, oh, it's uh, there's 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 rumors that it uh, there's rumors on both sides. But uh, that is the big one. And anyway, Nixon was so paranoid about that, he decided that, uh, you're right, he, he barely won in 68. But in 72, it was clear that he was going to win because, you know, he went to China. That was a very dramatic thing. He went to Moscow, detente with the Soviets, blah, blah, blah. He ended Vietnam, you know, all of that stuff. So he was going to win by a landslide. And also the Democrats shot themselves in the foot by nominating George McGovern, who had absolutely no chance <laughs> All that notwithstanding, Nixon, because of the way he got burned in 1960, did not want to leave anything to chance. No. So that's what helped lead to the spying on the Democrats and the bugging at the DNC and all that. He wanted to make sure that uh, nothing, no, uh, you know, every I dotted, every T crossed. What are these Democrats up to? Think also about what he DNC, did. Think about what he DNC did. At the time, and, and the DNC at the time was being run by... Larry O'Brien, the former top uh, Kennedy aide. So Nixon yeah. had every reason to, you know, be leery. And without, if Kennedy lives, he definitely changes the the way our finance. He he sticks us to the gold standard. He never would have removed it. He would have ended the Federal Reserve. What what took place after his assassination? We're living the bastardized policies of our financial sector. You're talking about trillions of dollars at stake. None of this would have happened if Nixon, or I mean, if Kennedy lives. And it's very possible Nixon would have never got in. Nixon, the executive orders are the EPA, 
OSHA, all the bureaucracies that choke out business. It forever changes the trajectory of American finance, that assassination. And who benefits? All the the corporatists. That's why Rockefeller backs Nixon. That's why LBJ sells out the people to Wall Street. It sets the tone. The one thing that had to be taken out was JFK because he was smart enough to realize those were the biggest threats to Americanism. What do you think of that? Well, playing off that, uh, do you think there's a connection then with the assassination of Robert Kennedy? Yes. Robert Kennedy is very interesting because Robert Kennedy double-crossed his father, who used organized mafia and CIA connection to put his son in office. And then the other son tries to uh, get rid of the outfit that is responsible for his brother winning. So it's an interesting yep. thing. What do you think of that? Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. You know, the whole theory is that Sirhan Sirhan, who was, I think, just, a, you know, denied parole again just a couple of weeks ago, I think, he's never going to get out. I mean, the pressure from the Kennedy family is such that he's, in a, you know, yeah. he's, stayed, he's been in jail since 68, I guess. But, uh, you know, the talk is that uh, he, you know, he killed Kennedy because of Kennedy's, like, pro-Israel comments. Yeah. And Kennedy, did he did make those comments, but uh, people think, well, there's got to be more to it than that. And that's why they can never allow a Kennedy to come in again, because the family knows this legacy of corruption, this legacy of power, and they have a grudge to to iron out. And that's why Robert Kennedy Jr.'s announcement that he's going to be a Democrat, he'll be a character assassinated by a media because the Leviathan has to protect itself and circle the wagons. What do you think? Well, he doesn't have a chance, obviously. And his, uh, you know, his his vaccine thing, uh, people, what's that all about? And he was an anti-vaxxer and yeah, me a whole other conversation. But yeah, I don't, I don't know why he's doing this. I can raise any money. He can no. pay for it himself, I guess. But it's interesting, uh, Paul. I cannot wait to read the book, Paul. Honestly, I cannot wait to read it. And then I'm dying for you to write another one on the Rockefeller Summit with Nixon after he wins, oh. before he gets sworn in. Look at the change in every position he had. That rat bastard. He's the worst president this country ever had and set us on the trajectory of the Leviathan where bureaucracies, unelected bureaucrats, have the power of intimidation, taxation, and extortion. What do you say I help you with this? Bigger than ever. It's all bigger than ever. (laughs) Listen, I can't wait, Paul. I've been enjoying you for years. I got to have you back. We got to talk about the Cold War and the fall of Russia. You were there for it all. You mind if I have you back? I'd love to. Well, Russia's a... Russia was, I uh, uh, lived in Moscow for five years, used to be kind of a hot thing to know, and then it got cold, and now it's, uh, you know, hot again, just in terms of having the expertise, but, oh, what a mess. I could talk all day about it. Right, Paul, we're going to have you back. We're going to talk again, I, and I cannot wait to read the new book. It's out tomorrow, Countdown to Dallas, The Incredible Coincidences Routine and Blind Luck that brought John F. Kennedy and Lee Harvey Oswald together on November twenty second, 1963, out tomorrow. Paul, thanks for everything. I appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure, Sean. Thanks. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Back and to the left. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Because I'm going to be a cowboy, baby. So you never heard about the meeting at the ranch, the hunt ranch. No? Ah, oh, you're a young kid. And you have no idea... The kind of corruption that uh, Richard Nixon set in motion. You're unaware that the EPA and all an executive order. You know, the, the Congress didn't commit, never, never created the EPA that Richard Nixon did, along with the Department of Education and OSHA and the rest of it. None of that would have happened had Richard Nixon not won. And he would have never won if JFK was still alive or lived. 
Teresa on the Gold Coast. Hi, Sean. I loved your interview with Paul Brandis. I am definitely getting his book for sure because I've always been fascinated with this. And I remember everyone talking about uh, LBJ being behind Kennedy's murder. And I would love to know how much LBJ knew and if he, you know, did he know what was coming that morning? I would love well, to know Teresa, that. Well, you don't have to be Basil Rathbone to figure out who exactly profited from his death. And nobody right. profited more than LBJ. Remember, he named yep. all uh, Lady Bird Johnson. Everything had to be LMB. The whack job right. that he is, his kids and everything. And then you you realize how he made his money in the uh, radio networks in Texas and how he operated and manipulated that through political thuggery that would have made yep. a Pelosi blush. Yeah, he was a rat bastard. May he burn in hell. Yeah, he was. Thank you very much, Teresa. Thanks, Sean. You. And then, then there's all kinds of other things. Like, what became acceptable in America? The fact that bureaucracies have no oversight or that presidents can create law like this idiot is doing right now? The U.S. is considering sending money to Central Americans in an attempt to stem the flow of migration. The U.S. isn't considering that. The president and his Trump vice president are considering it. They don't have this power, but do they now? Because we're so used to the corruption, we just pretend it's normal. The House Oversight Committee sending subpoenas to Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase, HSBC, and Cathay Bank, asking for financial records belonging to the Biden family and their business associates. Do you know why the uh, Congress people are doing this, Squirrel? Because they know what's on the hard drive of the computer that the FBI has had for three and a half years. But the FBI doesn't want to look at it. I don't want to see it. Nah, 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 nah. Morons. Morons, the FBI. What do you think of that, dummies? Quarter mile away from Mike Madigan's crime conspiracy. What'd you do? Nothing. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean. I hope you enjoyed your weekend. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah, loved it. Although I hate sure. being back here, but I do love seeing my wife's family. They're all beautiful, oh, wonderful people. It goes without saying, yeah. I guess. Go ahead. What I, what I wanted to talk about is uh, the people in this country should be outraged. You got Kamala Harris who can't go to the hump border. Hump Day Harris to you. But yes, pardon me? It's Hump Day Harris. I find that to be a little bit more. Oh, okay. I can tolerate what she does after I say Hump Day. But go ahead. Yeah, but but she can go uh, drop everything and go to Tennessee to back these two uh, activist uh, representatives about gun laws and doesn't even call or meet with the families who lost uh, loved ones in the shooting. She went to Tennessee, but got- did anybody go to... East Palestine? No, but I'm saying she huh. she went there and didn't try to contact anybody, you know, that that lost somebody. And then you have Biden's going to invite these two uh, activists to the White House. I mean, what's going on with these people? Well, it's I their mean, opportunity to to stoke, to stoke the only card they have, race. And in the meantime, people don't realize wherever they rule, all races suffer. You don't have to go to Chicago or New York or New Jersey to see it. You could just... Yeah, but- kind of look at the numbers, but now they get to hide and pretend that they're down mm-hmm. with the struggle rather than focus on why these guys were thrown out of office. They were thrown out of office because they they brought a bullhorn in. B, they circumvented the rules of the House, and they stoked an insurrection. Not like the one that right. the FBI, I guess, is now forcing or now admitting they had a lot of agents dressed like Trump supporters prior to the breach in the Capitol. It's interesting. So what's stuff. everybody complaining about? Oh, don't complain what's about anything. We're giving about? money to Central and South America. Well, Americans are being thrown out in the streets of Democrat policies all over. And these are all ways to hide it under reparations and racism and slavery and all the rest of it. In the meantime, do you want to talk about the actual issues at hand? I do. 
And it is so unrealistic to think that the average family in San Francisco is going to be able to pay $600,000 extra apiece. And, you know, when people look at this list of the things that they're recommending, the most alarming thing for most is the $5 million going to each black person. But for me, as an American, I'm looking at this list and I see that they're wanting to sell homes at $1 to black Americans. As an American. By the way, the guy talking is black squirrel. And as someone who used to live in the San Francisco Bay Area, it's disgusting to me that we are more focused on slavery, which ended in 1865, than we're focused on the veterans who are on the streets of San Francisco, homeless and begging for spare change in 2023. That's where they need to start sending their money. Well, you got four billion dollars going to Central African governments that are so corrupted. The people who uh, are citizens under those governments have to run. But one of my favorite uh Answers for reparations happened on the Don, Don Lemon show as he had one. And he asked a uh, a uh, English person, don't don't does it all stem to the ships that brought the English after all owned by the king? And I found her answer to be enlightening. Some people want to be paid back and uh, and members of the public are wondering, why are we suffering when you are, you know, you have all of this vast wealth. Those are legitimate. By the way, concerns. they're going to commercial. That's why you hear well, music. Well, I think you're right about reparations in terms of if people want it, though, what they need to do is you always need to go back to the beginning of a supply chain. Where was the beginning of the supply chain? That was in Africa. And when that crossed the entire world, Uh-oh. when slavery was taking place, which was the first nation in the world that abolished slave, uh, slavery? The first nation in the world to abolish it. It was started by William Wilberforce, was the British. In, in Great Britain, they abolished slavery. 2,000 naval men died on the high seas trying to stop slavery. Why? Because the African kings were rounding up their own people. They had them on cages waiting in the beaches. No one was running into Africa to get them. And I think you're totally right. If reparations need to be paid, we need to go right back to the beginning of that supply chain and say, who was rounding up their own people and having their handcuffed in cages? Absolutely. That's where they should start. And maybe, I don't know, the descendants of those families where they died at the, in the high seas trying to stop the slavery, that those families should receive something too, I think, at the same time. What happened, Don? It's an interesting discussion. Yes, no. let's play reasoning with morons. And then before it's all over, you'll be paying reparations to the descendants of the Union soldiers that also fought to free the slaves. As in the top 10 slave owners, four were black. Oh. <gasps> Who gets reparations there, Don Lemon? We could play this game with you idiots all day long. I like when we get you one-on-one, and we could see how much disdain you have for the real issue at hand. Anybody who isn't down with your fake struggle. During the Civil War, do you see that as payment for slavery or no? At all. No. No. I mean, people died during any war. Was that payment during the first Civil War? During the war in Afghanistan, people die in war, right? So that's not a payment. They're, that's they're trying to end slavery. So your life means nothing of what you're fighting for. It means nothing. It's who's left and who gets something for nothing. By the way, as they're talking to the cameraman, they're both stuffing their pie hole, and each one of them is a significant 70 pounds overweight, and I'm being generous. In the Civil War Even is why I said that it, one. It's right. in. So it doesn't stop at repar- reparations? Keeps Not at all. Not at all. It's just, not at all. Honestly, it, it's just a start. Even if you still give us something, it's still not enough because it's just a starting point for everyone. What would be enough? <laughs> I couldn't even tell you. It's never going to be enough because these are people who would want to focus on wrongdoings that they never suffered from. But it gives them an excuse to be nothing, to exist, to have that entitlement attitude, even though they produce nothing and are good for nothing.
This is a way to drag down everything. It's the excuse of all socialism, of all Marxism, of all communism. It doesn't have to be race. It can be religion. It can be gender. It can be circumstance or class. What class are you? I know. Low. 312-642-5600. Tina, you fat lard, come get some dinner. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. We keep on waiting, waiting, waiting on the world to change. Crazy, crazy times when you're confronted on the actual fact of policy corruption and failure. Divert. How do you divert? Any way possible. That's the Democrat platform. In the meantime, cover up all of your failures. All of your hatred and contempt for your citizens you're supposed to be representing. There have been several questions about presidential travel. Um, About five weeks ago, President Biden said that he would be going to East Palestine, Ohio at some point. Does the president still feel the need to visit Ohio? Well, the president, I mean, once the president said it, so I will uh, keep keep that. uh, He he keeps his word. I don't have a a trip to to lay out or preview for you at this time, but I'm going to just let the president's word stand. So we should expect him there at some point. If he says the president said he's he's expecting to at some time, uh, the president means what he says. Uh, I just don't have a trip to preview at this Pump time. Day Harris was on a plane hours after she could take advantage of the race card in Tennessee, yet nobody goes to East Palestine. It's better off you don't go there. See, because of the decisions of the EPA, everybody's sick now. You blew up the chemicals, you morons, and you made it airborne. George Naperville. Sean, what about all these kids that are trapped in these CPS schools who are not being prepared to function in society because they're not being educated? They're just passed along like they're just nothing. They're being educated. They're being taught the incorrect history that builds up hatred of country. They're being educated just the way the mafia wants them to. Of course, they can't say the word ask, but that's a different situation. John in Glenview. Hey, have I got you? You got me. You're doing fine. Sean, little thing. I've been always odd about this damn Kennedy assassination. And there's something I found out probably 10 years ago. Uh-huh. The, um, I think he was the second in command uh, in the CIA. And he was fired by John Kennedy, JFK, for incompetence and everything. He was second in command and certainly in charge of the uh, invasion. So Kennedy fired him. Mm-hmm. Two years later, his brother... Uh, their names are Cabell, C-A-B-E-L-L, I believe, was the mayor of Dallas. And he was sitting two cars behind it, uh, assassinated. Uh, There's a lot of those funky little coincidences. Yes. Going on. And then did you ever ever see the documentary, The Man Nobody Knew? Yes, sir. Very interesting. Because, yes, you know, believe it or not, I did. There's something that's really, there's a couple things to really focus on. But the main thing is John F. Kennedy Jr., I mean, John F. Kennedy, excuse me. John F. Kennedy would have never sent the boys to Vietnam. It would have never happened. The whole war would have never happened. That's number one. Number two, he was very specific about tax policies. In fact, Reagan's tax policy and Trump's is a different version of JFK's. So the entire stream of of revenue to the government would have been different. All of it would have been different. He never liked the Federal Reserve. He would have definitely kept the money on the gold standard, so you would have never been able to have this skyrocketing debt. But that means the trillions of dollars of corruption we call our economy couldn't have happened in the same way. So it's very interesting. There's no question in my mind who profited from JFK's 
assassination. Yeah, it was the corrupt got, aspects of our society. You got it, sir. One final question. Uh, when are you coming back to Chicago here? Because I want to meet you at the, uh, the cigar store. I'm here now. I'll be here for a couple more days. I, I can't get out of here fast enough. But, you know, my... <laughs> I, I know that, but I want to make sure. I don't want to drive I'll be here for a couple there. more days. Uh, then I'll stop and see if you're there. If you're not there, I'll still buy a cigar. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Bye, you. sir. Thank you very much. Noah Pilsen. Noah, how are you, kid? Hey, Sean. Hey, Sean. Sorry about that. I'm driving under a tunnel. No right problem. Now. You're in. You're in Pilsen. Be careful. You might have to serpentine. You better be in a Brinks truck. That's right. Go ahead. That's right. Well, I, I, you, I really got a kick out of your show these last few days. <laughs> um, been tuning in, just wanting to see sort of a, a Chicago conservative response to the election. Um, but it's interesting. Since I started listening, I haven't heard you bring up the Clarence uh, Thomas story not once. The what story? I'm and sorry. I, Could you I, repeat I, that? I didn't hear you. Against, against uh, corruption and uh, sort of our uh, plutocracy. Oh no, no, no! I I've been calling from the beginning. You did, unfortunately you didn't have a choice. You had a choice of a little bit of failure and corruption, or a lot of it. The people of Chicago chose a lot of it. That's the problem when you abandoned and you bend knee and you accept mafia politics. Do you want the daily syndicate or do you want the Marxist version? Which one do you want? You were going to lose either way. Would you have lost? Would you have lost less with Vallis? Maybe, but really, because Paul Vallis's idea to the crime was to put the criminals back in the public schools. That was his whole answer. We're going to put the gangbangers in the schools with the good kids. Well, how did the good kids learn that? So I didn't think Paul Vallis was anything to cheer about or get excited about. The problem is, Noah, the set, the trajectory of that city was put on place from an acceptance to organized crime. That's why every Chicagoan knows what clout is. They know what pay-to-play is. They let the aldermen pretend to be lawyers to get the taxes lowered and funnel the corruption. The trajectory was set 30 years ago. Now, with this idiot in charge, it's going to be spectacular. 312-642-5600. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody... I figured out the problem, squirrel. Turns out these buffoons think that Clarice Thomas, who hangs around with a billionaire, goes on rides with airplanes and goes on vacations, and that's income. But when the government takes $4 billion and gives it to a foreign country by the government, I mean the president, that's somehow legitimate policy. I think I figured it out. They're clearly morons. Do they have any idea what this country has done, the failures, the foibles, the corruption in the past? Can they think back to 08? I don't think they can. My next guest certainly can. He wanted to use those failures, that form of corruption, that incompetence, as a barometer of how to judge future policies. But unfortunately, Democrats won. They have no idea what winning, losing, or money is. So let's discuss the policies, the $6 trillion problem of our future and the idea that the Democrats can get us out of it. He is E.J. Antonio, Research Fellow of Economics at the Heritage Foundation. E.J., how are you? Oh, Sean, I need a cigar. I really, really need a cigar. I've got one, and I can't light it 
because I'm in a studio that has rules. I much prefer Florida. In the meantime, what are we going to do about these idiots that want to give $4 billion to Central and South America? Governments so corrupted that their own people have to run to the border. And our idiots are going to pretend they have the authority. The president and Hump Day Harris have the authority to give $4 billion while they're creating homeless right here in this country. How does it look for future policies when it comes to trillion-dollar bailouts? Oh, my goodness. Every day they get more and more likely. And every day we literally have dozens of veterans who are killing themselves. But instead of actually taking care of our own, we're sending money overseas. We're sending money to warlords. We're sending money to corrupt politicians, whether it's Africa, (laughs) South America, the Ukraine, you name it. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Now, here's a little interesting statistic I came about. I immediately thought of you over the weekend. I was reading that during the bailout, bank bailout of three thousand or of two thousand and eight, during that bank bailout, we had three hundred and nineteen billion dollars in bank failures in the collapse of 08. But yet right now, in twenty twenty three, quietly, without hardly anybody noticing, we have three hundred and seventy three. Is that possible? You know, not only is it possible, but it looks like it's going to get a whole heck of a lot worse. I mean, it takes a special level of incompetence for an institution like the Fed to have literally its own money printer and yet be a trillion and a half underwater. The same people who who think they can model uh, climate change weren't even able to model interest rate risk when they did all their stress testing on major banks. And now, I mean, not only is the Fed bankrupt, the entire system, quite frankly, is. So have, when they add up the bank, the cost of these bank failures, you are just slightly under, just slightly under or over where the entire collapse was at 2008, which means that the money printing, the mass increase of, of money in circulation didn't really stop anything. But from the looks of it, it could make the final collapse when you factor in commercial lending and the seesaw that it's on right now. And you factor in the, the what's happening with the reverse repo and what's happening with the imitation of velocity of money. The next collapse, should there be one, could be four to five times as bad as it was in 08, just back of the envelope math. Is it, do I have it right? Absolutely. And the really scary thing is that every time we put off the crash, every time we throw another Band-Aid over the problem, the eventual collapse gets that much worse. In other words, had we dealt with everything in 2007, 8, and 9, yeah, it would have been bad. Of course, obviously, you know, you have decades of trade deficits to make yeah. up for. You have decades of, of easy money policy to make up for, but you would have put the country back on a path to prosperity. Instead, we once again papered over the problem, and we've been doing that on steroids the last three years. And this wasn't exclusively a Joe Biden problem, right? No. We saw this, we saw this even under Trump, where we spent too much money and the Fed had rates too low for too long. Well, Bush started it. On steroids with Biden. Bush started it. Bush is the one that okayed the bailout. Had he not done that, Goldman Sachs, numerous other investment banks would have done what sh- would have would have had happened what should have happened. They would have went bankrupt. And those individuals who made up those banks would have reorganized, went to venture capitalists, bought the, the defaulted assets at a discount and built it up with a private economy versus the public economy, which printed up money in the name of people who had no idea what the hell was going on, who kept making their payments and kept paying the penalties for it. So you took that problem and you diversified it for 340 million citizens, and nobody really gives a rip because it's a few dollars per person. 
But what you really did is set that as a precedent that leads to this new problem. And what happens is the corruption or the the failure leads to corruption. And now the stimulus numbers get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'll tell you why I say this, CJ. I was listening to the show on Saturday. I took a late flight out of Florida. I was listening to the show on Saturday by John Anthony called Black and Right. And it has their guest Verlan. And they had a, a guy who was a Chicago Democrat daily capo and he he was everything from the cook county building commissioner to now he's some other ghost job in the government and he wants to increase rent subsidies and as you look at this guy's history he celebrated in 2009 the obama administration doubling welfare payments to rent what it boils down to is they don't understand they can't keep up with their own failure of policy and when i say they i mean the democrat party It can never keep up with giving more money away, more subsidies, more printing. They're they're in a losing game, and they're just hoping nobody really looks at the numbers. Isn't that where we really are? Oh, a hundred percent. In fact, they. I think not only are they hoping other people don't look at the numbers, I think they themselves aren't even looking at the numbers. Because if they did, if they stopped and just for one second actually saw what they had wrought, what would they realize? They would immediately realize that this is not only unsustainable, that it's actually collapsing before our eyes. You don't have to wait 10 or 20 or 30 years down the road. It is all collapsing right now around us. And, and what's happening, and people are calling it rats, I don't think so, is that Japan over the weekend joins the coalition of BRICS, and they too are going to start dealing in, in the most precious commodity to man, oil, outside of the dollar. I uh, had a family member, a niece who I love to death, who's wicked smart and works for a financial firm over at my house over the weekend. She told me, you know, you've been talking about this for three years. I've been listening to you talk about de-dollarizing. We are now in the, in the, in the, in the fund having to deal with the fact these countries are vacating the dollar. And as this becomes more and more acceptable, more and more popular, they have more and more justification because instead of our government addressing this, they're committing propaganda to the people and they just want to print up more money. And we now have Manhands, the Dutch boy, Janet Yellen, who was elected by nobody, circumventing the rules of Congress and operating rogue policy and printing up more money every single day is that not right a hundred percent and you know what her her incredible incompetence didn't just start when she became treasury secretary it it happened when she was a chair when she was chair of the federal reserve my goodness i, I can think of few people who have done more harm to this country who have done more harm to the the finances of the middle class than janet yellen has her entire tenure has base, can basically be summarized by this. She has created money for the politicians and the special interests and has taken that wealth away from the common man. So Biden's policy and most of in his to defend the, that, that administration slightly. This is also the Republican policy is to compartmentalize failure. So you blame these technocrats and you turn over policy that was never meant to be turned over to this transgendering freak show, Janet Yellen, and she destroys the economy. What does it look like afterwards? Because the reality is we had a luxury in 08. That luxury was the rest of the world still saw us as some sort of credible nation. The reality is Joe Biden has stripped away the credibility of America. The financial policies are obviously a house of cards and other every nation is understanding it. How do you possibly rebuild when you're not the world currency? 
when the dollar is not the only way to exchange the most important commodity to mankind. What does it look like in 2024 when they when the chickens come home to roost? Oh my goodness, it it looks like 70 years worth of trade deficits all reversing all at once and all of that money coming back here to the United States to compete with our dollars for goods and services. So it's the Weimar Republic. Exactly. You are looking at inflation that's not just measured in percent anymore. It's going to be orders of magnitude more than what we've seen the last couple of years where the dollar lost 15% of its value. I mean, it is difficult to overstate how calamitous that will be when it eventually happens. And the only way you stop hyperinflation in that case is just like the only way you can ever stop hyperinflation, and that is you peg your currency to something with intrinsic value, something that the marketplace actually wants, like gold. Well, EJ, there's also another way, and that's to go to war, baby, and blow up anybody that wiggles, anybody that threatens your dominance. So to me, when you talk about Taiwan, when you talk about Russia, listen, there's not... Nobody believes that the Ukraine is the good guy. If anybody with an IQ over 60 who understands it's the former Soviet Union knows exactly what it is. Nobody thinks for one second that uh, we should have troops in Taiwan unless, of course, the dollar is being rejected worldwide. I think the biggest way out of it or the next way out of it, the most logical way is World War Three and blow up anybody that wiggles against the dollar. Isn't that the, the route we're going to take? Well, if you go back and you look at the record of history, wars are pretty much always uh, uh, you know, preceded by exactly that kind of inflation that you're talking about, and that a lot of governments use that as a pretense for rearranging the monetary order. Britain, for example, did that with World War One, And so you can bet that if we do lose the dollar as the reserve currency of the world, you can you can count. Uh, it will we're be going to war. Let me put it that way, that we're going to have World War Three. And the reality is, it's the only it's the only explanation for the lack of diplomacy, the lack of communication. I have never seen a government in my lifetime, an American government, that refused to communicate without the opposition. We we had more communication during the Cold War with Russia than we do today. We had more communication with the American people on truth of facts of foreign policy than now where you have an absolute blackout of all information of our foreign policy. I mean, they've got America right where they want it. It's occupied by a bunch of people who have been neutered in a republic. You can now demonize 50% of the country because they are not Democrats. So the table is set. The chess game is there. We're in checkmate, and I'm not on the winning side. That's the way it feels, and that's the only explanation for so many of my fellow countrymen killing themselves at unprecedented rates of suicide. Is that not true? Uh, I'd say that's a pretty fair assessment, Sean. Uh, you know, and it really is amazing, too. You mentioned the Soviet Union and how communication was even better then than it is today. Yeah. I mean, look at what we've look at what we've done with the dollar assets of the Russian Central Bank confiscating those. We didn't even pull those shenanigans when, when it was the Soviet Union. No. We didn't even do that to the, not, to the Nazis for crying out loud. And so the fact that the fact that we have taken all of these unprecedented steps, I mean, you're absolutely right. It, it is petrifying. You've re- you've you've in two years. You have rejected 30 years of progress in communication. You have gone back to literally the 50s in the relationship between Russia and America. And you still have these this interwoven system where so many good Americans are Russian citizens. What does it look like in the future when you start deeming them spies, when you start 
uh, uh, refusing to communicate with them. You start attacking the businesses they've created and the rest of it. Has Do you think this has been given any thought by the administration, or are they just as stupid as Kamala Harris looks? You know, I, I'm not sure anything has been given much thought by this administration other than their very narrowly focused uh, ideological agenda. I mean, outside of that, I, I don't think they're they're ever capable of, of thinking two moves ahead, let alone five, six or more. And the funny thing is we have um, you want the rest of the world to agree that your currency is the strongest. But yet administration after administration, politician after politician, not a one of them ever talks about reducing the debt. I have yet to hear anybody talk about reducing it. You have an entire party who is a minimum payment bust out mentality. And you see it here in Chicago where we have a moron that never paid his own bills, now the new mayor. He has no idea what he's going to do for money. He just knows I got to figure out how to take more of it from the private sector. That is not being rejected. It's being embraced by citizens of these Democrat sewers. What's to think that we'll look back 10 years from now and think, boy, Biden wasn't so bad. I mean, they have no sense of economic responsibility or personal responsibility are we just devolving, in your opinion? Well, in places like Illinois, we are. But I think in places like Florida, it's exactly the opposite. We're not devolving. We're evolving. You know, there are plenty of places in the country now where, where people are basically sorting themselves along political lines. And the, the areas that are getting more conservative are getting more successful. Yeah. And when you get less conservative, you clearly get less successful. And whether that's by, you know, you want to judge that by social issues or, or by fiscal issues, it's the same in both cases. And it's possible, you know, smart people live in these states. Smart people are going to come up with smart solutions. I think it's very feasible to have a couple of uh, American capitalists come up with an idea to threaten the dollar themselves. And if you look at the states that are achieving versus the states that are welfare, why not go back to the system that it was before the Civil War and have currency from states? After all, the dollar doesn't mean anything. When a president can take it and splash a corrupt foreign power like El Salvador because he feels like it, I, I as a Floridian, I don't want to even buy anything in Illinois. I mean, you could devolve to a position where Florida... And other states say, I, I think we're going to go our own way with the dollar. And is that not the beginning of the collapse of the American empire? Well, I mean, I shouldn't say the beginning. How about the end? It's, it's, it's a great question. I'm not sure if it would be the beginning of the end or it could be the salvation of the American way of life and of the American economic system. I mean, don't forget, we back when, as you pointed out, when you had a time when states could all issue effectively their own currencies, Right. What happened is that the countries or the excuse me, the states that issued bad currencies failed. Those currencies failed and they went into receivership. In fact, actually, I think Mississippi still stands in default from some of their bonds in the 19th century. But what happened was as those different economies and monetary systems collapsed, they were forced to adopt the fiscal policies and the monetary systems of the successful states. And so long as, as we can get a federal government in here who's not going to you know, browbeat the successful states to be like the failures, if, if we can just let the natural, uh, you know, the natural forces at work here play themselves out, then, then all of the states that are failures, I think, will eventually fall into line. And you know what's we'll funny? Follow e- the successful states. What's funny, EJ, is that most people don't realize the states, in a way, do have their own currency. It's called property values. 
And, uh, and Illinoisans have no concept because they're wallowing in this mediocrity of Illinois policy and Illinois failure. That not only are they broken, have they broken an ad valorem system where you pay taxes on value, but your property values compared to thriving states are nowhere near keeping up. So in a way, states do have their own currency. It's called their real estate values. The problem, I think, is most Illinoisans are not aware of it, don't understand it, or are not property owners. And that's why you have the, un- the, the decoupling of citizens who own real estate. If you're in a terrible state, you don't want to own it. You're better off renting. If you're in a great state, you love it because you're offsetting the failure of the federal government and your real estate values are tripling in some cases. And that needs to be explained to the average American. I think they've lost sense of economic econ 101 or an economic principle or understanding that if you let this go with the the way of the trajectory of failure, you're failing even if you think you're winning. And that's why they're so arrogant in their policies. They can't realize they've never had to pay the cost of, of, of coming up to, to, to realize you failed. What is the definition of government failure? Oh, goodness. I think just about any time government does anything, it ends up in failure, right? And that's one of the reasons why government tends to be less when government does the least. But you're absolutely right. Look, look at a city like Miami, where property values have been going up uh, by you know, double digits, and then compare that to Illinois, where property is hemorrhaging value in most, if not all, of its major cities, especially Chicago, where, I mean, let's face it, more than half the city at this point is just blight. No one wants to live there, mm. except you have people stuck there, largely because they're stuck on the welfare rolls and they can't move. I mean, it, it is absolutely astonishing when you start looking at how states really are laboratories of democracy and you can compare these good policies and bad policies. You know, but when you have an America, when you have an America that understands it's okay to pay hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars in interest only payments, and you hear politicians run on continuing to advocate for minimum payments on debt, isn't that? The issue at hand that we don't even want to hear the truth. What would a politician look like if he stood up and said, the game is over. You're going to we're going to cut the budget by 25 percent. We're going to pay 5 percent towards the principal on the debt. We're going to pay off our debt to ourselves. And this is the way to, 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 to financial freedom, the way you would any other business plan. Can the American people tolerate the truth? No, not right now, because we're, we're in the stage of the party when, when everyone's drunk and, and no, no one wants to listen to the one sober guy who comes in and says, everybody calm down. So what's going to happen is we're going to have to wait until we wake up the next day with a horrible hangover, because it's not until then that we're actually going to be willing to listen to the guy who's got a, a good head on his shoulders and can actually evaluate the situation and tell us what needs to be done. Rand Paul would lose... If they resurrected Che Guevara in America today, I use the result of the Chicago mayoral election as evidence. But in the meantime, I always look for common sense. I look for E.J. and Tony and the Heritage Foundation. Thank you for making time to join me. I truly appreciate you, brother. Sean, my pleasure. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I knew, Squirrel, the minute they talked about unionizing Amazon, it was going to go right down the hill. Right down the hill. 
Honey Bunny can't take your call. She's arguing right now with an Amazon package where the moron delivered an empty envelope. There's supposed to be a remote control and they're empty. You can't feel that it's empty? Freaking dummies. What did they get? $18 an hour, $20 an hour. Down with the struggle. Power to the people. You fracking morons. Can't figure out the envelopes open. In the meantime, uh, here's another thing they can't figure out. Carbon dioxide is not a pollutant, but what if we could get 300 million morons to think it is? Before you know it, we'll create billions and billions of dollars a fake pipeline. We won't run oil through it. Not natural gas either. What are we going to put in the pipeline? We'll put it air in there. <laughs> the pipeline captures carbon dioxide and turns it into liquid stored in south central Illinois, a mile deep in the ground. It is classified as... What's it cost to take a pipe and bury it a mile deep? What do you think that costs? $30? You can't get a Union Amazon dr- driver to figure out the envelope is, op- is empty. What'd they say, honey bunny? I'm getting one tomorrow. Good, you moron. In the meantime, how, what's it cost to, to, to drive a pipe out mile down in the ground? What's that cost? It's got to be expensive, squirrel. The hazardous liquid pipeline. But a representative with Navigator says there are monitors in place. That it has um, hundreds of feet of cap rock. By the way, it's got CO2 in it. It's not poisonous, you freaking morons. And that cap rock effectively serves as a seal to make sure that that CO2 isn't, any, isn't coming back out of where we put it. And I don't understand how that benefits myself or my neighbors or the public in general. You know what's sickening? Here's a guy that runs a farm, makes money, delivers a product. He can't understand it, and nobody else can. But we've let these failures, Democrat failures, who've never done anything, never balanced a fracking checkbook, change the entire trajectory of our economy, where you're afraid of air you breathe out. (gasps) The humanity! It's carbon dioxide! Who it helps is the ethanol plants and fertilizer processors. Storing their CO2 lowers their carbon footprint, allowing them to sell to states that require lower emissions. Carbon capture and storage has the potential to reduce the carbon intensity of these end products, this ethanol or fertilizer, by up to 50%, which is a substantial progress. Annually, it would store the same amount of carbon dioxide as 18.3 million acres of trees. Why not just have the trees? You know, the trees that need the carbon dioxide, then they release the oxygen, and then you can breathe. I cannot believe what the frack is going on. Honest to God. But it does explain with such brilliance we keep electing. But I do not believe that the courts have the authority to, to have the authority over the FDA. That they- Well, then why do they have it over the EPA? Hey, dummy, if they don't have it to to get rid of your baby-killing pill, why do they have it to neuter our economy and weaken our, our, our American companies? Huh, dummy? Never gave that any thought, did you there, dimwit? A protest against CO2 pipelines was held today at the state capitol. Dozens gathered, some holding signs in opposition. So They're- wait a minute. The eco-Nazis are protesting against the carbon capture pipe. This has to be brilliant. It's in Iowa, and God knows they're brilliant. There are currently three CO2 pipeline proposals in the state of Iowa, and they would run through dozens of Iowa communities. Local 5 spoke with Mahmoud Fatil of the Great Plains Action Society about what he thinks is a potential downfall to these pipelines. What it's going to do essentially is it's going to allow the fossil fuel industry to live another day. It's going to allow the... Ahmed... What the hell's his name? Who gives a rip? This moron wants to cripple not just the economy. 
but the quality of life in America. Here, here's an idea. You sound like you're from a place with absolutely nothing going for it. Why don't you go back there where they're very green? You have no energy companies. You have nothing. Fossil fuel companies. And you could go back to eating your dog for lunch. It's going to transition ethanol to a more permanent-based fuel rather than bridge fuel as it was intended. And it's going to keep us tied to fossil fuels for years to come. Fossil fuels are why you have the quality of life you have, you moron. Ethanol is a scam driving up the cost of everything, like your CO2 pipeline, which means absolutely nothing but billions of dollars of wasted money and trillions and trillions of lives affected by fascism of corrupt government bureaucrats such as yourself. Greg in Lake Geneva. Hey, Sean, it's another great day in the neighborhood, huh? Oh, yes. Uh, Well, you're in Lake Geneva. The good news is the Illinoisans just visit you. They don't live around you. But go ahead. Well, I'll tell you, you see all these Flatlander license plates on a weekend, and boy, oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, It's hard to get a a hamburger up there, too, as Pritzker's eating them like they were cookies. Oh, boy. Uh, I'd love to run into him up here. But, no, you wouldn't. It's like a manatee with pants on. It's not a good thing. <laughs> Go ahead. You know, when this, when this uh, Jim Whip was announced the uh, occupant of the White House, I told my wife to watch out. Biden's go- uh, China is going to invade Taiwan. Yeah. And uh, it, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet, but obviously they've been working for it. China yet. overtook uh, America because Joe Biden is a paid asset. Joe Biden is the streetwalker. China is the pimp. And it's not long before Xi Jinping huggy bears this dimwit in diapers. What do you think about that? Uh, <laughs> Couldn't agree more. All right, fair enough. Is a, is a pimp. Thank you. Oh, you know who the pimp is. It's Xi Jinping. And it all happened at the foothills of the Himalayas. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot. Him, uh, foot, foot Excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping traveling with him. Unless we travel 17,000 miles on yeah. vice president. I don't know that for a fact. I don't know that for a fact. You have to have an IQ of 40 or you're in on the scam, aren't you? And you got your name on some of those park trucks at O'Hare Airport or along the Kennedy or building the Jane Byrne. You scumbags, I understand. You're just a cheap whore. But the other idiots... They're victims of this culture of corruption. They're the ones who wander the streets with that blank look on their face. They're the ones begging for money because no matter how much they have, it can't buy them lunch, dinner, and pay their rent. They're the Democrat base. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Are you kidding me, Squirrel? This is it? This is the last segment? How is going on? Show flies even when I'm here. Did you see the Dalai Lama told the kid to suck his tongue? What a freak show, huh? Now, what's the difference between the Dalai Lama and the Hare Krishnas? Whatever happened to the Hare Krishnas outside the airport banging the tamarind with their bald heads? All of them look like Dr. Awardi to me. Ugly group of people, the Hare Krishnas. Uh, they didn't have magic underpants. They're not going to be Christ on the next planet like Mitt Romney. Mark in Oaklawn. Hey, Sean. How are you today? Splendid. How are you? 
I'm doing good. You, you have see a good that Easter? story with the? Oh, I always have a good Easter. I, mean, I love my wife's family, and we all get together. Did you ever see that yeah, story with the Dalai Lama and the kids sucking the tongue? What the hell's wrong with these people? No, no, no. no a couple no. of priests said, "What the hell's going on?" All right, go ahead. Yeah. Hey, I mean, you know, a couple of points. You know, with with uh, Washington, you know, it, it's almost like it's a, a satanic worship group, and and I look at I look at some of the. You know, the skull and bones and the Freemasons and, and you know, slush funds for... for uh, How about Barney Frank? Do you remember what a scandal that was? Uh, he, had the, the whole, he had the boyfriend who was running a male whorehouse out of the congressman's... Uh, uh, his, his house, out of his townhouse. His townhouse, which he couldn't explain how he bought it. And then you realize the sweetheart deals they got from the mortgage company, both Chris Dodd and Barney Frank, and these two morons present a thousand, couple thousand page bill that was written by Citibank and country, Countrywide. And they present the bill and they put their names on it and people go, okay, that's going to fix things. That's when I realized, you know how fracking stupid you have to be to believe that these you know, idiots John, write the bills? John, they don't even read them. John, when Barney Frank got kicked out of uh, Washington, you know, he, he was, he's on the board of that signature yeah, bank that went it's great. To, you know, to fund it. It's yeah. just, it's just, and you know, and even, even the Catholic bishops in Washington, they're so suspect, you know. They, oh, I got a story. Got... What happened with the, with the, uh, the, the, the Pentagon? They took out the hair. Wait. Tonight, growing concerns as more and more top no, no, no. secret. Cl- there was a story where they, they broke the contract with the archdiocese. Did you hear this? No. Yeah. They, for the no. first time in history, they are not going to have priests in wartime anymore. That's it. They broke the contract. No more priests with the, with the war, with the military. Well, anytime you can separate yourself from the government, the Catholic Church, separate yourself because then you have a chance. But once you're partners with the government, you're, you're yeah. DOA. You have no chance. It's not good. It's not good because, you know, here's the other thing. The good news is I think that even the, the younger kids are starting to see the fraud, the abuse, the waste, and they're starting to reject it. I don't think that Joe Biden and the American mafia Marxists, the Democrats, are as popular as the media wants you to believe they are. I don't. This is the first time Big My West got a huge family, kids all ages, from young to, 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 to our age. People are rejecting this. Now, granted, I only surround myself with decent people. I don't know how roaches think. There were no Democrats allowed yesterday, so maybe I'm too optimistic. Thank you very much, Mark. Don in Bloomingdale. Sean, it's inevitable that we're going to war with China, but I remember in that movie Red Dawn when Powers Booth, the, the fighter pilot, got down and they asked him, what about our allies? And he said, no, they're sitting this one out. Who's going to fight with us on this? I think they're all going to sit it out and let us hang there. Listen, I'm going to tell you something right now, Don. We lost so much credibility with this Soviet oligarch war. I, I mean it. Yep. The whole world, we lost yep. credibility. When you look at NATO and all that, it's just a money laundering scheme. The IMF Bank is having a meeting. Where are they having it? Washington, D.C. Why? Because they want more money for nothing. They want more loans that are guaranteed. They want more corruption, or they're going to start to bail on the U.S. dollar. And if they can't navigate yep. that, we're going to be Argentina in a hurry, kid. Thank you very much. Appreciate the call, Dan. What do you mean you're going to be Argentina? Well, do people realize what's going on in Argentina, Squirrel? Now, Argentina has been in economic difficulty for years. On Wednesday, social and political organizations blocked multiple streets and highways into the Argentine capital. The Argentinians are up in arms against soaring inflation poverty that affects nearly half of the population. 
Nearly 18.6 million people are unable to cover their basic food needs with their salaries. Left-leaning organizations they're demanding more social aid from the government to counteract the economic deterioration. That sounds like Chicago. More aid for the government. We need more programs. We need more money. Why? You already built the ghettos with the money we gave you for nothing. Deterioration. They set up blockades in over 120 spots in Buenos Aires and 20 other provinces across the country. Recently, the Argentine government published figures noting that poverty had increased to nearly 40% in the second half of 2022. By the way, we're undermanned, we're not prepared, and uh, we're going to be in another war. Believe me. Listen, I believe in a one-China policy, but I would be willing to fight for Taiwan. And when he says I, he means you and your kids. Lindsey Graham never fought for anything in his life. Lindsey Graham is a coward, but he has all the power of an emperor. And he's all in on the corruption that is the American foreign policy. There's not a war this coward doesn't want to send innocent people to go die for. Not a one, except for the one for freedom. Now, this is the problem. We've been overthrown from within. These politicians have done more damage to the American way of life and the principles of Americanism than any foreign entity could have done prior to the most corrupt politician to ever pretend to be president. An asset of enemies, foreign and domestic. Some call him president. I just call him diapers. We're going to kick his teeth in and the rest of the mafia in 21 hours. I'll be back tomorrow. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.